What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. Pardon the interruption, but I'm Pablo Torre. Wilbon has the day off, so I feel lucky to get this call. I was trying to call Levitard. I hit the wrong button. Oh. You know, Levitard's actually worse at operating a phone than you. You don't try to FaceTime me when you call me. Levitard, it's like, what are you, a great-grandfather? I don't get him. He always tries to FaceTime me. Right. And I, when I pick up the phone, I said, I don't want to look at you. Same. You know, no one a regular does. conversation. No one should. Don't want to do that. Welcome to PTI, boys and girls. In today's episode, Gronk questions Aaron Rodgers' goals. Jim Harbaugh is taking a stand, and Steve Young joins us for five good minutes. But we begin today with Tampa Bay firing their offensive coordinator, Byron Leftwich, and Baltimore parting ways with their offensive coordinator, Greg Roman. Roman's departure had been assumed for weeks. Baltimore couldn't score without Lamar Jackson. Leftwich's firing comes after the Bucs had the 25th-ranked offense in the NFL, one year after having the second-ranked offense. Tampa Bay was the worst rushing team in the league, forcing Tom Brady to throw a career-high 756 passes at age 45. Pablo, what do you think these departures mean for Jackson's future in Baltimore and Brady's in Tampa? So, Tony, we should say that these are very different scenarios because Lamar Jackson has fewer options than Tom Brady does. Lamar Jackson can be franchise-tagged. We've heard John Harbaugh say today that they plan to have him around. Maybe it's because of that reason. But the Tom Brady thing, I think Tom Brady's gone, man. Gone from... The Bucks, not the NFL, and gone not just because Byron Leftwich is gone, but because they also turned over, I believe, eight other coaches, which all speaks to a larger issue in Tampa Bay, which is that everybody stuck around for a year too long, probably. And you're right, there was offensive, certainly an offensive issue, but also it's the matter of Tom Brady not even wanting to be there in the first place. I remember this Dolphins storyline, Tony. I can't get it out of my head. Tom Brady had other big plans. Now it feels like all of the reasons are pointing at him to say, maybe pursue those other ones again. Yeah, I'm going to answer the question directly, and I agree with you. Uh, Tom Brady has no future in Tampa Bay, none zero. I don't think Lamar Jackson has a long-term future in Baltimore either. I mean, they may franchise him. That's going to make him very unhappy. I don't know how that's going to work. That's over a contract issue. That is a beef with the owner about a guaranteed contract. So Greg Roman there or not, Makes no difference, I don't think. I mean, I don't think an offensive quarter coordinator makes that kind of difference. Let's look at the Tampa Bay situation, though. Tampa Bay's yeah. offense was lousy all year. Brady was mostly lousy all year, unless he was within 10 points in the fourth quarter, and then he was brilliant. Pablo, I was surprised the running game was so terrible because I thought Leonard Fournette was good. Apparently, Leonard Fournette isn't very good, and the offensive line isn't very good at, at this point. So I don't know that you can hold Byron Leftwich accountable for that. On the other hand, look at the guy in Washington got canned. The guy with the Chargers got canned. When a whole Uh bunch of people get canned, Pablo, it's how a head coach saves his job. That's how that works. Right. And on the Brady thing, right? Because you're right, by the way, on Roman, like that was an offense built around Lamar Jackson. I don't think that's the thing Lamar Jackson's mad about. The Brady thing, though, I wonder how frustrated he was to be, I believe, the most effective play action passer, only to watch his team almost never 
attempt play action passes. That feels like a philosophical problem as well as one about ego and aspiration. Right. Let, let me not go should, too far yeah. over the bell here, but I just, just oh, want to please. say this, that the game with the Cowboys, he threw 66 passes. They were never in the game. They were down 24 nothing. They were down 31-6. The games that they lost in December, they lost by an average of 17 points. They had no offense. You can't. No. It doesn't matter how old he is. You can't make Mahomes throw it 44 times a game in 66 in the playoffs. Yeah, yeah. All pointing to an exit. But let's talk about another story about an exit, possibly. Because Aaron Rodgers, Tony, has a fuzzy future again. He told Pat McAfee earlier this week that he thought he could win MVP again if he were put in the right situation. And Rob Gronkowski took issue with that. He told the Up and Adams podcast that Rodgers should be focused on the Super Bowl, not the MVP. Because, and I quote here, Super Bowls are, I think, five times greater than an MVP award. And quote. So, Tony, do you think Gronk is on to something there? We have to understand that these two people are talking in parallel lines. They are parallel lines. Aaron Rodgers is on with Pat McAfee, with whom he is completely comfortable, and he goes on all the time. And he he knows what he's going to say on that show. Everything he says is strategic on that show. What he was doing was saying to the Green Bay Packers, I'm not sure I want to be back with you at all. I I don't think we can win a Super Bowl. I don't even care about the $50 million. And what he was saying to the rest of the league was, hey, give me a call. I still got it. I'm good. (laughs) Now, Gronkowski does not have that agenda. Gronkowski sees the world through the prism of Tom Brady, his quarterback, and through the prism of being a tight end and not a quarterback. He probably looks at Aaron Rodgers disdainfully. Because Aaron Rodgers was a quarterback when Tom Brady was a quarterback and not as good as Tom Brady, even though Aaron Rodgers says his rivalry was with Tom Brady. So what what Gronkowski was saying is, hey, Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady is better than you in every single way. And when he says and he says correctly that stuff about MVP and Super Bowl, but make no mistake, he knows that Aaron Rodgers won four MVPs and Brady won three. He's aware of that. It's also just a reflection of how differently Aaron Rodgers lives his professional life. Like these interviews, these questions, in fairness to Rodgers, by the way, like he was asked directly by McAfee about his personal abilities. And so I believe that he was answering a question that Gronk maybe didn't hear, but also getting to an agenda, Tony, that you discerned, as did Gronk. Like Gronk's also just a normal guy who's like, that seems a little self-centric, a little uh, ego-driven to be talking about this so bluntly. And the funny thing is about Aaron Rodgers is that, look, part of this whole thing about how he's different, he took ayahuasca, Tony. He took these psychedelics. He embraced ego death. That was the whole alleged upshot of his shamanic ceremonies. And I would like to debut a new take that I have. Aaron Rodgers maybe didn't do enough ayahuasca. I don't think his ego is nearly dead enough based on everything that I've heard him say and continue to say. Did I just hear you say he embraced ego death? Why am I on a show with a guy from Harvard? He is killing me. It's we science. move on. Yahoo is reporting that an agreement between the NCAA and Jim Harbaugh's Michigan team has broken down because Harbaugh refuses to acknowledge he lied to NCAA investigators about alleged violations. Harbaugh concedes that recruiting violations occurred, but he maintains he was truthful when he said he didn't remember what happened and that he was never purposefully dishonest. Pablo, who should give in here, Harbaugh or the NCAA? Oh, Harbaugh's not going to give in, and nor should he, Tony, as his unlicensed, unasked-for 
attorney here in this story. By the way, this story is kind of an old school story. It's like about NCAA sheriffs and like secondary violations, all of which, by the way, in general are meaningless. They are misdemeanors. They are not reflections of a lack of institutional control as per the NCAA explicitly. But the reason this story has legs is because Jim Harbaugh is stubborn. He doesn't want to admit that he may have lied. And because of that, this could get elevated per the NCAA to a level one violation. The issue, of course, is that the NCAA cannot possibly prove that he was lying reportedly. Like they don't have subpoena power. They don't have an actual investigative arm, Tony. Jim Harbaugh, if he just sits there and refuses to budge, could win just because of that. Yeah. I'm going to say the same thing you said, only in a more stupid way for other people out there who care about being stupid. That's actually useful. Whenever I hear about NCAA violations, I say the same thing. Are you, are you kidding me? We right. are talking now who about cares? text messages and, yes. and other kinds of messages during a dead period. Yeah, We're talking about Zoom. who ran practice yeah, when they weren't supposed to run practice. And do you know why these are violations? Because now you can give cash money to any player that you want. So the NCAA right. is prosecuting jaywalking and, and letting, you know, bank robbery go. Jim Harbaugh should never say that he lied. <laughs> if you say you lied, it follows you forever. If you say, I don't remember... It leaves you in a couple of weeks. We live in a culture where people don't admit lying. We live in the George Santos era where <laughs> I didn't lie. I simply embellished. Sure. And, and if you know what, Pablo, if the NCAA is angry at Harbaugh, suspend him for one game and see if Harbaugh and Michigan push back. Because if you suspend him for Akron, nobody really cares. But don't get in the business of suspending a guy who went to two straight college playoffs and a guy who everybody thinks is good for college football, unless you know what you've got, right? Absolutely. And the NCAA has to know it in their heart of hearts that they don't have the goods on him. And so to push this oh. further would be another reveal of, guess what, they're actually quite toothless. That's right. You know, they're, they're irrelevant even when they are irrelevant. Everybody thinks they're irrelevant. Let's take a break. Coming up, do the Niners have an unfair rest advantage over the Cowboys? Really? We'll ask Steve Young. We'll also ask him whether he liked being an underdog like the Bengals currently are against the Bills. I mean, if you're hard, boy, you just say, no, I don't remember. We've had presidents say that. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. You're not here to talk about the past. I believe you can just say that a lot of times into a microphone, and you're fine. Yeah. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric E-Bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. Vivid Seats wants to get you to the games you love this spring. Experience every pitch, assist, and game-winning shot live and in person. And the best part? Each transaction is a step toward a free 11th ticket with Vivid Seats Rewards. 
Score unbeatable perks like free tickets, surprise seat upgrades, and annual birthday deals. As the official ticketing partner of ESPN, Vivid Seats is offering you $20 off your first $200 ticket purchase with code PTI. That's code PTI. Visit vividseats.com or download the app today. Vivid Seats. Experience it live. Let's get back into the NFL with our great friend from Monday Night Countdown, the man I spend an unusual amount of time talking fashion with before segments, particularly Johnny O and how it fits. Hall Johnny of Fame o. quarterback Steve Young. Yeah, this, this uh, first question is long. Gives me a chance to emote. Uh, the Cowboys and 49ers, as you know, are playing on Sunday. The 49ers will apparently have two extra days of rest, more than the Cowboys, because they played on a Saturday the Cowboys played on a Monday, plus the Cowboys were playing on the road, so they had to travel home. It's a big kerfuffle about two days rest. But as a player, how important are two more days of rest? I, I, look, it's – and then, by the way, it was Monday night. It wasn't like Monday day. and it was, This is two and a half days almost. So if you think about – what I don't want is three days rest. There is a, uh, a cadence – uh, uh, that football goes through that, you know, Wednesday to Sunday is preparation, and if you back it up, you might have a day or two extra rest. Huge advantage, I think. Something you always want. Three days, it starts to feel rusty, so you don't want that. So two days is actually perfect. 49ers were a very be- great benefit of that, and I think that, you know, unfortunately they want to do a Monday uh, not fortunately because for VSPN we get a Monday night game, but it's tough on those <laughs> teams that play playoff games on Monday night, and I think that for a player, now the biggest issue, the 49ers are completely rested, at peace in the preparation and everything else. The Cowboys are going to be rushed the whole week and then go on the road. I think, like any Monday night participant, going on the road the next week has a disadvantage in general. Now in the playoffs, even more so. Well, Steve, the Cowboys, for that reason, and others are underdogs in that game. That same day, we get, you know, the Bills favored by five and a half over the Bengals. And Joe Burrow has said that he never feels like an underdog. And I'm just curious, for you... Did you ever enjoy that? Did you enjoy being categorized as an underdog? Well, I think Joe's on to something because human nature, most people respond to the underdog role, a chip on their shoulder, someone that thinks that they can't do something. We've all used that as a great incentive to get great things accomplished. But I've noticed, and I've, maybe the best teams that I was a part of, there's a more sophisticated nature of the competition that you start to take on the role of the overdog, I'll call it, where you are the one that's expected mm. to win and you use that as a place to build from to that you don't need the negative to go be great and the best teams I was a part of to Joe's point is I don't know that I want to be the underdog I want to be the one that I believe is going to I'm I, I've won the game when I warm up when I come out for warm-ups <laughs> the people that come out of that door out of that tunnel out of that that's who we won it now because the people that came out are, are going to beat you down and I think there's the best teams felt that way, and I think that Joe's on to something there. But speaking of the beating down, right, Jalen Hurts, let's tap into the psychology of his situation right now by tapping into your experience. He's banged up. He has this shoulder issue that we're not quite sure about from the outside. How do you play in a way that's protective of that shoulder? You don't want to. Any chan- time that you actually have to have in your mind or the back of your mind an injury that you're trying to play with as a quarterback – because you have so many decisions to make. There's so much schooling that goes on, data management, that part of your brain does not want to be 
thinking about something that you can't, especially a shoulder, throwing shoulder. So look, I'm hoping that he does not have to think about it. That's the way you want to play. If he has to be careful, I would suggest if it yeah. is not 100%, if it's 95%, make it 100 for the game. I'm not going to think about it. I'm going to try to keep it out of my mind. I'm not going to protect it. I'm just going to play ball is the best way to go into it. If you can't do that, you're like 85 and you know it's going to be the back of your mind, you got a day to manage it. you got to figure it out, and there's some sophisticated minds that can do that. I think Jalen probably can. Oh, we will get you out of here on this. In the past, you have been critical of Greg Roman's offense. If you were in Lamar Jackson's shoes right now, how would you receive the news that Greg Roman was not going to be the offensive coordinator anymore? I would say the truth. Greg Roman did exactly what he was asked to do. Build on a dynamic incredibly dynamic quarterback that can run the football like no one else has done other than Michael Vick in, the, in its history. And being mm -hmm. Greg Roman is one of the best run coordinators and built the most sophisticated running game in maybe history. So he did his job. But my point, and what Lamar, I think, would want to say is, I really believe that I can play until I'm 40. I can maintain my legs and be dynamic like I was, like others that, that can get to that age and be dynamic and do it, but I need to become a sophisticated passer. Not that I'm not already, but I need the weapons, I need the preparation, I need the intent from the team that this is our basic philosophy, that we're not just going to be the most sophisticated running game in history, we're going to actually develop the most sophisticated passing game. So we can go against Joe Burrow. We can go against Josh Allen. We can go against Patrick Mahomes in the AFC for the next 10 years. Lamar Jackson should be in that conversation. He needs the help and the, uh, the, the philosophy behind him to grow into that role. I think he can do it, and I can't wait to see if that's possible. Thank you, Steve. It's such a pleasure all the time. Thank you. Yes, thank you, Steve. All right, guys. You guys are great. See you. Let's take one last break. Still to come, American men are excelling at the Australian Open. And the Cowboys, Tony, they got some good news from their kicker. It's interesting to me. I, I mean, I don't know how important an offensive coordinator is. You know, I mean, to me, the important thing is the quarterback. <laughs> you know, the talent yeah, of the quarterback. having him. You Let's know. make sure you get Lamar Jackson first. PTI fans, listen up. Have you heard you can listen to episodes of this very show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with your Prime membership? That's right. All your favorite PTI episodes can be heard on Amazon Music ad-free. But that's not all. You can listen to other top podcasts like The Low Post and First Take ad-free as well. They also have your favorite shows like The Daily, Part of My Take, and Up First, all without ads. You know what this means. Uninterrupted listening, so no more cliffhangers. Amazon Music offers the most ad-free top podcasts, so we know they definitely have something for you. And it's already included in your Prime membership. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app for free or go to Amazon.com slash PTI. That's Amazon.com slash PTI to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network.
Happy time, people. Happy 52nd birthday, Phil Nevin. Nevin took over as interim manager of the Angels after Joe Madden was canned. Under Nevin, the perpetually disappointing Angels closed 45 and 59, but they were 30 and 30 in their last 60, and that got Nevin a one-year deal to continue as manager. If it works, fine. If not, it's not much pain in the Angels' pockets. Nevin played 12 years in the majors, and his best years were third base for the Padres. He made the all-star team in 2001 when he hit 306 with 41 homers and 126 RBI. The year before, he hit 303 with 31 homers and 107 RBI. Nevin's son Tyler has played in the majors for the Orioles, and now he's on the Tigers. Nevin's other son Kyle was just drafted by the Dodgers last year. I primarily know Phil Nevin as the guy who I wound up with inevitably in like a fantasy baseball draft in the early 2000s, only to realize this guy's good. And it turns out, Tony, the one fact that I have for you about him is that he was an All-American kicker at Cal State Fullerton, as well as a really good baseball player. Really? He also punted. Yes, a wildly talented man. It's interesting. Yeah. Happy anniversary, Sandy Koufax. On this day 51 years ago, Koufax was elected to the Hall of Fame. He was 36 at the time, the youngest inductee ever. Koufax had a brilliant pitching career cut short by chronic arthritis. Like Gail Sayers in football, Koufax was a comet. He burned brightly and quickly was gone. Koufax finished 165 and 87. In the 165 wins, Koufax had four no-hitters, including a perfect game. Only Nolan Ryan had more, seven, not quite double Koufax. But it took Ryan more than double the games it took Koufax, 807 to 397. Koufax's ratio of no-hitters to games is the best of the best of the no-hit pitchers, including Cy Young, Bob Feller, and Justin Verlander, who all have three. I had to re-familiarize myself with Sandy Koufax's actual like statistical career, Tony. It is crazy how cleanly it divides into two. It's 12 years, the first six, he was like mediocre, actually. Had an ERA over four, a losing record, like not a great Hall of Fame caliber pitcher. But those last six, he clearly fixed something. And in those six years, he basically did everything you just said, which is even more mind-blowing. Yeah. Happy trails to the Australian Open for number two seed, Casper Ruud. Once again, a little-known American man scored a big upset down under. The other day, it was Mackenzie McDonald ousting number one seed Rafael Nadal. Earlier today, it was 22-year-old Jensen Brooksby taking out the two-seed Casper Ruud in four sets. Brooksby is ranked 39th in the world. This is the first major in 21 years where the one and two seeds lost before the end of the second round. And there are now eight American men in the third round, though the highest-ranked American man, Taylor Fritz at number eight, was beaten. But this is the most American men in the third round in Melbourne since 1996. Yeah, Tony, it feels like U.S. tennis has this giant sign that says days since Andy Roddick won the U.S. Open, won a Grand Slam title. And it's not over yet. We're still putting days on there. But this feels like the most promising sign yet in terms of finally breaking this drought. Two omissions, the South Bend Tribune reports. Notre Dame's men's basketball coach Mike Bray will retire after this season. Araldus Chapman has agreed to a one-year deal with the Royals. Let's go to the big finish quick because we're running out of time. Brett Maher reportedly made all six field goal attempts at Cowboys practice today. Is that significant? Yes, keep Phil Nevin away from the Cowboys. Steven Stamkos became the third active player to score 500 goals. Is that a big deal? Yeah, and he had a hat trick to do it. He joins Ovechkin and Crosby. They're the only three. Nikola Jokic passed Alex English to become the Nuggets' all-time leader in assists. Are you impressed? 
How could you not be? He might be the three-time MVP. Cristiano Ronaldo scored two goals for Al Nasser against Lionel Messi and PSG. Your thoughts? Well, my thoughts are it was an exhibition game. I don't know how hard PSG tried, but two goals is good. Last one, Warriors and Celtics tonight. Who you got? Celtics at home, Warriors in the playoffs. Is that it? Is that it? We're out of time. So We'll try to do better the next time. I'm Tony Kornheiser. And I'm Pablo Torre. Thank you so much for watching. Please check out ESPN Daily and Debatable wherever you get, you know, good podcasts. But for now, your sports center. So it's a great pleasure. And I, I didn't try to get Levitard. We wanted you the whole way. Thank you. Well, I, I might have tried a little to get Levitard. But not, not a lot. It wasn't a lot to get Levitard. Yeah, a lot of Levitard is your way.